0: First time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Uh, I and mean, it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike.
1: Boomer shooter.
0: <laughs> Bang.
2: Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWP, In the Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the Drowned God Cthulhu lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town.
3: Welcome to another chapter of In the Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the Drowned God, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. We are at in the keep at Realms Deep. We've got John St. John. I everybody. Very happy to have you here. We also are joined by... Fred Schreiber of 3D Realms, obviously, and then we have my video engineer here, Hadicant, who also does all the artwork for the podcast and basically everything. He's the superhero here, and also most important thing about him is that he's a John St. John super fan. So we brought him in. Oh, to, oh uh, is that right?
1: No, <laughs> you're embarrassing him, Ty. Jeez, oh, I didn't mean to embarrass America. you, but he, Mom, he you're embarrassing me.
3: He actually Good. cried when I said, "Yeah, you can." Oh, be there fuck off! <laughs> he he, he turned off his dildo. He turned off his microphone and went and cried on his
1: girlfriend. No, own no, screen. no! What happened was I was like, "Hey, hun, guess who I get to talk with?" She's like, "John St. John." I'm like, "John St. John." Make, She's like, "Well, that
0: was a like, mistake." She was just joking. You know, she That's looked cool. at the
2: screen and said, "That guy doesn't look anything like Duke Nukem." Shut up!
0: Yeah, well, it's been John. Nobody it's, was going to say that. It's been since '96. Yeah, no. Time passes. (laughs) This is what Duke looks like (laughs) at 60.
3: (laughs) <laughs> the first thing we really want to get into, John, is uh, how you got into voice acting in the first place. And that's a long story that involves, uh, from what I can tell, radio broadcasting and a whole bunch of other shit. So you can you just tell us what uh, what sparked that interest in you? What made you want to go down that path in
2: life? Yeah, and only two or three arrests. No, I started out as a baby DJ uh, in North Carolina when I was 14 years old back in 1975. And uh, I, I just got a wild hair up my ass one day, went down to a local radio station, asked if I could have a job, and they put me on the air. And after two weekend shifts, they put me on full time Mm -hmm. and the rest, you know, my broadcast history goes on for 45 years. When I was recording uh, as a production director in San Diego back in 1994 or 95 is when I met Lonnie Manella, and she's the one who first introduced me to voice acting in video games. And Duke 3D was pretty much the first game I did. So lucky me.
3: So let's back that up ever so slightly. Were you already doing voices as a kid? Or were you just like one of those silly kids? Oh, like yeah. The, were you the funny guy in the classroom?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, class clown for sure. But Saturday morning cartoons was, uh, what really inspired me from the beginning. And, uh, I would do, you guys don't remember these cartoons, I'm sure, because you're much younger than me, but there was a cartoon called Frankenstein Jr. And he had a giant robot who'd go, okay, buzz. So I'd be doing that voice and, and like snaggle you know, exit stage left. I, I had all of the characters and Yogi Bear and all the cartoons. Yeah characters that oh, i watched all the, on the uh,
0: Han- hanna-barbera Yay!
3: So, Boy! So,
1: this may come as a surprise um,
3: to you but us like mm-hmm. this generation had boomerang right so like me and my dad watched all that stuff all like every hanna-barbera cartoon was already uh part of my kind of schema going into the world and i'm really happy mm-hmm. to uh to know that we at least have that in common so
2: We do. And then as far as getting into radio uh, goes, I was inspired. My, my three mentors, well, I shouldn't say mentors, but my, my inspiration, Mel Blank, first of all, because of his incredible talent. Uh, Gary Owens, who was a disc jockey in Los Angeles back in the day and also appeared on the TV show Laugh-In. And I enjoyed watching him on Laugh-In saying things like, Never put a cobra in your neighbor's shower, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, George Carlin, who in 1975 had an album called FM and AM, mm-hmm. and he did a bunch of uh, different radio characters, including um, uh, some on wonderful Wino Radio, and I used to impersonate him, and I sounded like this back in 1975. So uh, all the kids at school said, dude, you should be on the radio, went down to the local radio station, asked for the job and got it. But those were those were my influences, mostly.
3: When you take that influence and you walk into a radio station, you say, like, I want a job. Did you have an audition Uh, or did they just say, like, good after you, kid, go do whatever you want?
2: Well, the uh, the program director was actually on the air. He buzzed me into the building and uh, I walked in. His name, by the way, was Jimi Hendrix. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. And I said, hey, I'm the guy who I'm the kid who called you. I want to be on the radio. He goes, "Okay, what I'm going to do is go down to the basement. I'm going to have you record an air check for me. And I said, what's that? He walked me downstairs during a news break, and, and he showed me the console and two turntables and a reel-to-reel machine. He said, put these records on, talk them up to the post. And I said, what's the post? He said, where they start singing. Don't talk over the singing. Record a few of those. Let me hear them. So I spent four or five hours down there during his air shift playing with all this equipment, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of his air shift, he came down, and he listened to the tape, and he said, okay, you're on next Saturday morning. So uh, I did a couple of weekends, as I said, and they hired me full time. So uh my my parents were very cool in agreeing to let me do this because my air shift was seven to midnight. And I signed off the station at midnight. And I'm in junior high at this time. So what would happen is after dinner, my father would drive me to the radio station each night. And then at midnight, my oldest brother, who was uh, had already graduated from high school, would come and pick me up. Mm-hmm. And this went on for. Gosh, about a year before a big FM station, uh, about an hour's drive away, hired me away. And so then I'm in high school driving an hour back and forth every night for a 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift. And my parents said, keep your grades up and you can keep doing that radio thing. And that's how it all started for me.
3: What kind of music were you playing or was it mostly talk radio? How did that? Uh
2: no, the first station WJNC in Jacksonville, North Carolina was uh the format was called MOR, which meant Middle of the Road. I was playing Ann Murray, uh Barry Manilow,
3: Hell
1: ABBA, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, the and, and oldies mixed in from the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, you know, is that kind of stuff. And then the first FM station I went on was a, a top 40 station that was playing the hits of the time in the mid to late 70s. What were the hits of the time? Let's see. You had uh, My Sharona by The Knack. You had, uh, uh, remember Daz? Uh, no, By Brick. No, yeah. Yeah, kind of a disco song. Uh, so disco was still was still alive, but there were a lot of ABBA hits and there was uh Leonard Skinner and Molly Hatchet, a lot of Southern rock because I was in North Carolina at the time. So that was that was the kind of music.
3: South Alabama represent man. sweet home.
2: I love oh, your wait, 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 wait. Are, are you from Alabama? Yeah. Where?
3: <laughs> Mobile.
2: OK, so do you remember the rude dudes on W.A.B.B.?
1: Yeah, when you were yeah. a kid, I mean that was when I was John
2: St. John and Matthews, the rude dudes. You I'm listen gonna, to me, dude.
3: I'm gonna call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so WABB has no. since gone away. It's a, it's a oh yeah, like yeah. a Christian station there for a while, and then
2: yeah. Remember the owner, uh, the owner Bernie Ditman. We called him Barney Dickman on the air. He he passed away several years ago, and after he died, the station sold off, and I think yeah, went Christian rock or something like that.
3: It's insane. It's W.A.B.D. now, if I remember correctly. And it's like. No to way. Top 40 pop station.
2: Wow. What a in shame. Case. It was a great radio station at one time. I mean, when I was on it.
3: I mean, that was for my mom's generation. That was the channel that was like everybody listened to W.A.B.D. Uh, yeah. Down, we had down top there. ratings.
2: We we did so well. I went straight to Philadelphia from there, which was huge in my career.
3: What did you do in Philadelphia?
2: In Philadelphia, I was uh, I started out as the production director for a radio station called Eagle 106. And then a little while later, after our morning show quit, me and Danny Bonaducci did the morning show on Eagle 106. You remember who he is? Danny Partridge from the Partridge
3: family. Oh, that that Danny Partridge. Yes,
2: that. Yeah, that yeah, Danny I remember Bonaduce that from bag. my childhood
3: back in back in the hundreds, back in the 1900s. <laughs> Let's loosen up here a little bit.
1: Right. Mm Mmm,
2: yeah. More iced coffee.
3: And you roll through all this radio stuff, and then how did you—you get the invite to come do some video game shit, and Duke Nukem was the first game you work on.
2: Pretty much, yeah.
3: yeah. What was the original uh, pitch?
2: uh, Well, uh, Lonnie Manella was in my studio recording an auto dealer ad, and, you Mm. know, just happenstance, she lives in San Diego, and I had moved out here in 1990, and uh, so I guess it was early 1995 that she came in to record this spot and I'm setting up microphones and she launches in all these crazy, wacky voices. And I was really impressed. I went, wow, you do a lot of voices. She said, do you? I said, I do a few. And I got on my mic and I did a whole bunch of impressions. And she went, wow, you have really good vocal range. Have you ever considered acting in video games? And I said, what do you mean acting in video games? There's no voices in video games. She said, well, there's going to be. There's gonna be so uh, Duke 3D. She goes, I got this guy George Broussard out in Texas who uh, I'd like you to to read for him, and and we got on the phone the next Saturday from the studio with Broussard, and he said originally his idea for the Duke voice was to uh, sound like um, uh, what's that actor uh, Charles Bronson. And I went, oh. oh Charles Bronson, you want him to sound like Charles Bronson? Thank
3: and God and he goes, oh, to...
2: maybe not. And Lonnie said, no, think Dirty Harry. Yeah. Uh, and Clint Eastwood, I went, okay. So you got to ask yourself, do you feel lucky? Well, do you punk? And George said, that's the right tone, but this character is all roided out. And I said, well, let me, let me lower it an octave. Do you feel lucky? Well, do you punk? And he stopped me right there and said, that's it. Lock in on that. That's the voice you're hired. And it was that easy.
3: So your ability to just respond to those cues has to have a lot to do with why you ended up where you are, man. Like, if someone could just describe to you, like, this is what I want, and you can immediately kind of bring that up in yourself. That, that really um, speaks a lot to your talent.
2: Well, thank you. That's very kind. I am one of those pain-in-the-ass voice actors who does not want to see the artwork of the character first, though, yep. because uh, I, I get pigeonholed into the voice I think is right for the character, mm-hmm. and often the director doesn't feel it's the right sound. So when uh, sides are sent out for auditions these days, I do not look at the artwork and I request that they don't send it to me if they ask.
0: I think, I think uh, your versatility is one of the key things about why you're doing so great. You you mentioned, you know, you went to to Lani and you did a whole range of different types of voices. Um, And I remember when, when we met the first time and uh, back in 2015, probably, um, to work on Bombshell, you also instantly mm-hmm. nailed uh, Dr. J. S. Haskell, and then after that, with Rad Rogers, you just instantly nailed Dusty because it—it it was, you know, for you, it just came naturally. Uh, I think it took five minutes in each call for us to just tell you, oh, this is what the character is like, and he comes from like, like for instance, Dust, Dusty was like, okay, he's he's from you know Boston, and he's like this rude rude mouthed uh, type of character who is like sh- sick and tired of being old, uh, kind of like Bender off a Futurama and you just nailed it. And, and I, I think that's one of the things that really categorizes you as a great voice actor. I,
2: I think it's more like the direction. I think it's from you guys. I mean, I can make my voice do things, but you're the ones who say we need it to sound like this and then I do whatever and you guys seem to like it. So, it takes yeah.
3: a village to raise a John St. John. Like you, you gotta have everything. <laughs> you, you gotta have good direction, you gotta have good production.
2: And I'm still so immature, isn't it? Great. Fantastic. And, and as we
3: all know, like there's great voice acting and really shitty games, and vice versa. There's oh, oh and way. there's
2: really shitty direction and and voice acting too. I mean, have you ever seen uh, Evil Zone? Have you ever played Evil Zone? Where I'm, uh, <laughs> it I'm a like game we Mar. need to play. It
0: sounds fantastic already. <laughs> yeah, I love the, the name, name itself,
1: just yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, The, the direction stone. was so bad.
0: Play, play the, the game sometime
2: if you get a chance and check out the dens of our character. It's just terrible.
0: I feel like shit for having done it. Oh, you you did that? Okay. We definitely need to play it now. That, that sounds oh, nice. yeah.
3: Evil Stone. Fred, let's buy um, the rights to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do it. <laughs> Evil Stone. We're going to make, make, make a sequel. Remake. I'll co-invest. Yeah, yeah. Where,
2: where, where I get to self-direct, that would be awesome. That would be Fantastic.
0: So
3: uh, prior to this, were you a video game guy? Did you play games at all? It was arcade stuff? Um, was
2: I did. I like? played a lot of Duke 3D. Obviously, I liked the Twisted Metal games, and my kids did too. And then I got to be the entire male cast of Twisted Metal Four, and that was the first game where my kids really liked something I was in, uh, because you know Duke 3D was a little too intense at the time for them. They were very young, and even for me, when I was what uh, thirty four, thirty five, when Duke 3D came out, my oldest brother and i would play uh duke matches online and it was intense i remember my my scalp crawling and i'd be sweating and it was it was scary and intense did you guys feel that way the first time you got into you know rpg games
0: i felt that, that the first time i played duke 3d <laughs> uh-huh
2: mm-hmm. duke, duke 3d was
0: more is- scary and intense for me because mm-hmm. i was uh oh god i was like almost 10 like around, mm-hmm. just around that age, where you also start to you know watch horror movies and, and splatter right. movies and that. Like, Duke Nukem 3D was like horror for me, like, it, it, horror and intense. It was, yeah. and then you play as this badass dude, so you get some confidence from that. Right
3: round, round table of everybody's first Duke experience. My I first Duke experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my god! It was on a Linksys demo disc with Marathon 2, Duke Nukem 3D, and Firefight. I think it was. And I played that at the age of four. Thanks, Uncle. Oh, wow. shit. My my my, my wow. uncle Dave bought His us. His parents weren't as good as. No, no. Okay, so so long story short, my uncle is a great, awesome person. He uh, built us a PC back in the day, like a Windows ninety five machine. It was good enough to run whatever. Anyways, he gave us a links disc because he's looking whatever. There's some games on there, not a big deal, but Duke Nukem the demo was on there. So. First time I heard, holy shit, and, like, stuff like that. And I was like, like, I heard from my parents. That was one thing. But to hear it in a video game when the only other game you played yeah. was, like, Super Mario World and Kirby. Like, <laughs> and uh, first time seeing women of the, uh, you know, classy women, you know. Professionals. Thank you. Yes. That's the word. Respectful women. Yes. Yeah. And then, We'll, oh, dude, we'll uh, wait, 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 edit this out. We'll edit this out. Don't so, I'm this, I know this I'll is like... This. <laughs>
3: A generational gap here but my first duke game was time to kill on the ps1 with my dad nice. We played that game all the time and i well, first of all good job dad it really paid off in the end but uh my mom was not happy about this and so the plot of that game was like you know literally like duke strip club he's getting fucked over by these aliens he's got to go back in time to save it and then he comes back to the future and it's turned into a gay strip club called danglers and my father allowed mark today. all of this to go, <laughs> to go straight through like just and i'm a little kid i was probably like eight or nine at the time and yeah it left a mark dude that i've been on interviews on other podcasts where people ask me like what you know what was your first like arena shooter game like this and i pvp duke time to kill with my pops so yeah this is a full circle for me really to come into this interview like i I told you guys like coffee, death metal, and push ups before I get started. Like, this is mm. awesome. I'm so proud. Dad, look at me. Here I am. <laughs> I, it's I fun you mentioned, Ty,
0: that the time, ty- well, fun you mentioned Time to Kill because that's one of the games that I never played as a kid. I didn't have a PlayStation, I was oh, just a PC nice. guy. But I um, I was fortunate enough to be. You know, the early tweens when, when Duke 3D, uh, came out. And, uh, so I grew up, um, my first games when, when I was around, uh, five, six years old was actually the very first Apogee games, uh, from 1990, 91. So I grew up with Duke Nukem 1 and I got Duke Nukem 2 from my dad, uh, as a birthday present. And back then, uh, in Denmark, at least you didn't, you know, internet was, very rare and almost no one had it. So if you went to a store to buy a game, you would buy the shareware version because a lot of people would just download shareware and start selling it in the stores. So I I got the shareware version. I had no idea it was a demo, but that was what I got of Duke 2. Uh, Duke and then and that was actually the first time I heard Duke Nukem, which was Joe Siegler from 3D Realms. I'm um, back. <laughs> Yeah, who's still here. And it actually sounded pretty good. Like that that was the first time I heard a character talk in a video game. Joe Siegler saying, I am back. Like impersonating, you know, Schwarzenegger. But mm-hmm. I think the the MS DOS audio was so compressed that it actually sounded pretty good. Um and then I remember uh Duke 3D. I got that uh, from my stepfather, uh also as a birthday gift, and uh yeah, that was just so amazing. I, I didn't play the share version of that, only the, the, uh, uh well, later I, I did, but the first time I played it was the, the, uh, registered version. Um, but at that point I was already a huge fan of 3D Realms and I was on the forums every day online chatting with all the other 3D Realms Super people. nerd. I- Imagine mm-hmm. Discord, right? But, you know, not real time and, yeah forums they existed back then
2: <laughs> um, uh, talking about existing back then you want to know where my video game experience first started uh, was in 1974 with pong in, in north carolina in a in, pong was among yeah. them but in a in a in an arcade called putter's palace it was an indoor little uh, mini putt putt golf thing mm-hmm. and and half of the building was uh, arcade games and my favorite was remember defender yep. where you Okay, and then uh what was the one where you had to spin the dial real fast and, and shoot into the geometrical figures?
0: That that uh, was uh, Tempest. Tempest.
2: Tempest. I Tempest love that. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say was Yars Revenge
1: for a second there, but no, you're you're definitely right with Tempest. There there are, there
2: are a lot here. of yeah. clones
3: of Tempest. It's like a-
2: So for for me it all started out as as arcade games specifically. And then and then my first console game at home was the uh, turbografx sixteen. Anybody remember yeah. Legendary Axe? Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh god, that Turbo- oh, yeah. Yeah, was fantastic and then that had like the, the fantastic um the cartridges for topographic 16 was like these tiny little credit cards you popped in That's yeah super cool
2: i thought they were so cool they were they were like yeah. sd cards only just yeah, exactly. slightly larger yeah yeah, yeah it was great i love that system
3: so you you get into voice acting with duke and that immediately becomes like a gigantic hit so did you did you think, like, I can make a career of this at that point? Or I, is it just kind of a one-off thing?
2: Just the opposite. I had no idea anybody knew of the game or played it. I was clueless. Mm-hmm. All I knew is that my brother, my oldest brother and I, he's rest in peace, my brother Ken passed away a few years ago, but mm-hmm. he and I would play it. He was in Virginia, and I was here in uh, San Diego, and we would play, you know, like I said, the Duke matches online. But I had no idea anybody else was playing the game until 2002 or three when I got my first uh, invite to a convention. And, <laughs> and and I said, they they called me and they said, uh, wow, it was really hard finding you, but your agent, my agent in San Diego at the time, finally agreed to give us contact information when we explained to her that we, we wanted you to appear at our convention. I said, why? They said, my God, you're Duke Nukem. I went, oh yeah, I did that game. <laughs> I did a few other Duke Nukem games too, I think. Like something called Zero Hour and Manhattan Project and and uh, really, you want me to come out? They said, "Yeah." So I appeared, and then uh, they posted stuff online about me appearing. And the next thing I know, my phone is ringing every other week for another convention asking me to appear. And it kind of, you know, snowballed from there.
3: What, did you meet any other really cool people at these conventions? Oh you... God, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Everybody, cool people. Billy West, you know who he is, right? Billison. Yeah, I don't. I
1: don't even... He voice acts my f- five favorite characters.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ran think- and Stimpy, for instance. He mm-hmm. was Doug. Okay. Remember the Doug cartoon? Um, he was the Red M&M. He was the Honey Nut Cheerios Bee. I mean, a lot of silly little animated things. Um, Jim Cummings is another one of my favorite voice actor stories is uh, of me and Jim Cummings hanging out at Connecticon in Hartford, Connecticut a few years ago where now Disney owns him. Just so you know, he's the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Darkwing Duck. And so Jim has to be very careful and never say anything inappropriate in public because that could ruin his uh, his his career with Disney. But he and I and a bunch of fans are at a bar in downtown Hartford during Kineticon a few years ago. And as it gets later and later and later, Jim likes to, you know pour a few down like i do the attendees get tired and go back to the hotel to play i don't know, cards against humanity or video games or some dungeons and dragons shit i don't know <laughs> they all leave and it's just me and jim cummings hanging out in this bar in hartford and i said hey there's nobody here now will you do me a favor he said what's that i said let me do some of my duke lines and the winnie the pooh voice and he did <laughs> i don't do a very good winnie the pooh and and i'm not jim cummings so i can get away with doing this i think he goes uh oh, bother, I'll rip your head off and
3: shit down your neck.
2: And I just <laughs> lost it. Oh, my God. Winnie the Pooh doing Duke Lines was the coolest thing I ever heard.
3: There's something here for my mom, too. This is perfect.
2: That's mm-hmm. fantastic. <laughs> We've got something for everybody. But I've met uh, you know all the big voice actors, and... Uh, uh maurice lamarche and rob paulson who are pinky in the brain and Mm -hmm. and uh dc douglas who's wesker in the resident uh, evil series and west johnson who's in fallout and elder scrolls i hang out with these people normally because they're friends of mine and 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 now they're guests at my convention too which is pretty cool that's so cool
3: Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about your convention for a little bit
2: I'd love to, I,
0: want a a I see so no, of much course. about it on Facebook,
1: but I never get to go. Yeah. This is I just want to ship. go on a
0: cruise <laughs> ship with, with John St. John, but yeah, it's too far too away. A... <laughs> can you just swing by Denmark just real quick? With this. <laughs> or, or just can, you up.
1: Know, float around Lake Ontario so I can get near there.
3: Fred, as my, my dream, payment for Realms Deep, I want you to buy me tickets too with John St.
0: John. We Andrew. should all just oh. go. <laughs> yeah. We should you hope go get you all get
2: Yes, you should. Now, my dream, Fred, just so you know, someday is to grow it big enough and have enough funding that we can do a European river cruise. And then, of course, we're right down the street from you, basically. Mm -hmm.
0: Swing around Denmark and But the King Con
2: Cruise, we've renamed it. We rebranded it because I never liked the original name of the cruise. I was kind of forced into it because we owned the rights to what was called not con. And I I don't particularly care for that name because it says it's not a con. Well, it is a convention. I decided years ago that I uh, about four years ago I wanted to have my own convention and something different from all the typical land-based cons. And so it's not just that it's aboard a cruise ship. And it is called King Con Cruise. And you can get us at kingconcruise.com. Um, but the point is I wanted something different where the, the guests and the attendees are actually interacting together constantly. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we have snorkeling adventures and kayaking adventures and, and, and riding the flow rider, which is that, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, artificial surfing environment on the cruise ship and rock climbing. And so the guests, me and, and, and Wes Johnson and DC Douglas and whoever comes along, we all actually do these activities with the attendees uh, we have dinner together every night. And right after dinner, we have the whole conference center to our con where we do our panels like the Voice of Palooza panel that Wes Johnson hosts. And um, so it's it's highly interactive. You're not just getting an autograph from a voice actor. You're hanging out with them and having adventures with them. And our next King Kong cruise is March 1st through the 5th, 2021. And we cruise from Orlando, Florida to the Bahamas. And uh, it's God, it's just wonderful. It's a Monday through Friday. It's it's a really good time. And the price is not exorbitant. And uh, it's all inclusive except for liquor. But I buy the liquor for my guests so that they will stay drunk.
3: Fred, take your wallet out right now. Again, any, any good host
2: and like any good host.
0: I drink, to, so a drink. Matt I to a guest.
2: Fred, if you come along, you're a guest and you have to host a panel.
0: Yes. Oh, no. What? Well, I have nothing interesting to say. I'll just invite you to kind of get on the panel and tie. And <laughs> we'll you do have a new interview with you. Just talk about you weird, have plenty plenty say weird
3: say
0: share. Imagine,
3: imagine the podcast shit that we could get away with on one of these cruises. It would be...
0: Exactly. Friendly. We, we, we couldn't release it to anyone. It would have to
3: be...
1: Uh, <laughs> Not <laughs> non not recorded. Give
3: everybody a USB drive.
1: <laughs> we gotta make sure it's yeah, international waters. Just just, just be yeah. safe. Yep. Yes. Anything goes. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can we can call it burn all the britches, con.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you,
0: you would think that uh in
2: this time of the pandemic that uh I'd have a hell of a time selling badges and cabins, however, we've outsold the previous two years here in year three coming up. And I I attribute that to everybody returning from the previous cruises. They all said, oh, we're back. So we have like an 89% return rate on our our attendees. And I think come March, everybody wants to get out and just pretend it's all over, whether it is or not. Uh, And I'm surprised that we we sold so well. I was getting ready to promote it as Petri dish of the seas, the new pandemic class of ships from Royal Caribbean. Uh, I was told by my partner, don't do that. And don't say that online, like I just did. But, but it's funny, so I did. So, there.
0: So, Jill, I, I, i I'm, just to go back a bit to the um, Lani Minella thing. So, yes. uh, she was also in Duke 3D, right? She was, wasn't she, um, the strippers? Or, uh, I'm not sure if she played
2: I any of voices or not. Quite frankly, I, you know, I don't really remember. I don't
0: think she was given a credit on the game. No. I, I remember hearing some old um that's actually funny. those must have been then your first video game outtakes. But back in the day on the T rolls website, you could download outtakes, oh, yeah. outtakes from the Duke, Duke T recording sessions. Oh, and those were hilarious. Log. Captain's log,
2: exactly. Well, she came in and I said, Oh, the captain's log. And she said, No, make it a little funnier. And I said, Well, we're talking about him finding the, the captain's log. And she goes, Think of him uh, leaving a big turd in the, in the, in the toilet. And that ruined it for me right there. I, <laughs> I could not deliver the line without laughing after that. She said, You're looking at a turd. And I think somehow that's how they, in, in Duke Nukem Forever, they ended up putting that turd in the game too, be, because of that outtake session. Believe it or not.
0: Speak, speaking of uh, pooping, we had a uh, we had a meeting or, or a, a podcast with uh, Chuck Jones. Um, oh. Yeah, not not long ago. He, he's working on the game that you heard the voices from, and he right. um, and and we were actually talking a bit about uh, the Duke Nukem cinematics because he were to make these. And it's it's kind of surreal sitting here, and and we just had Chuck Jones who had to animate you. Opening a newspaper, pooping, and then whistling the the Duke theme. Like, <laughs> full circle.
2: <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful world, isn't it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's Chuck doing now? Is are you guys working with Chuck? Yeah, he's working with us on a new game as a three D artist. And he's just doing what what he always wanted to do, just make art and he does fantastic. We're kicking off the lesson. That makes two great Chuck Jones artists, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. and he's always mistaken. For the other Chuck Jones, but he's still fantastic. You can say. The, name the other game, Chuck Jones is the top? I'm sorry, the, they yeah. both worked yeah. at Warner Brothers. Yeah, both yeah, no way. That crazy? Yes, they they both
1: worked at Warner Brothers, and I can't wait to confuse the shit out of my animation friends. Like, hey guys, we got an interview, with Chuck Jones. They go, like, oh shit, and then like, wait a minute, and then the, the it's leader...
2: not like they ever fought over the parking space that said Chuck Jones. Exactly. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, They
1: had a totally yeah. Time. yeah, totally different times. Totally different times. Different departments. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, can you talk about the game you're working on, or uh, is that yeah, a no You can.
3: So, I'm saying, Fred, it's already announced. Like, you can talk about it. That's
0: right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. so,
0: yeah, yeah. It, it's already an <laughs> We can cut this little piece here out. Oh, but, of but at, at the Drenn's Deep event where this is launching, um, this interview with you will be right after, or maybe an hour after, half an hour, after, whatever, after the reveal of the game called even...
2: Right. Graven.
0: I can't say it, like, yes. yes. Raven, I didn't.
2: I didn't work the mic right for that. Hold on. Graven.
0: Oh, yes. yes. We should have all all of us just do one, and we just randomize it in the game when the, when the game starts. We stack them all together. Okay, no, everybody
2: yeah. on, uh, on three. On three. One, two, All right, three. Here we go. Great, great. 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 We
1: should agree like, <sighs> on the tempo maybe a little bit. Anyway. So by this
3: point we've got uh we've got several Duke Nukem projects. Like ninety six is three D, then we got Balls of Steel, Time to Kill, Zero Hour, and then in ninety nine, you pick up this other job, uh doing Sonic games and this Oh yeah, Sonic Games. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I wanted us yeah. Yeah the They're movie nice. was great. I I thought Jim Carrey sounded like you.
3: <laughs> oh no, sorry. <laughs> Jim Carrey big the cat in the recent Sonic movie.
1: Yeah. Totally canon. That's what I'm definitely going to tell my who kids uh, my kids who are uh, big the cat is.
3: Yeah. So how did you pick up that game?
1: Um, once again, Lonnie Manella
2: comes into play. Um, so we had been working on many video games between Duke 3D and by the time uh, Sega was ready to do the uh, Sonic Adventures and then Sonic Heroes games. And so I get a call in my studio one Wednesday afternoon and Lonnie goes, hey, we have a recording session on Saturday. Can you make it? And I said, sure. What's it for? She goes, it's a video game. I went, oh, OK, you're going to send me the sides for an audition. She says, "Nah, don't worry about it. We'll put you in something. No, no sweat. And I should have been suspicious right there, but I wasn't. So I show up Saturday at this uh this recording studio in Kearney Mesa, and there's the whole cast Ryan Drummond is in there and and Jenny Dulard, who's Amy Rose at the time, you know all, all of the cast are in there, and they're recording and and Lonnie comes out from the booth and she says, "Oh good, I'm so glad you're here you're a little bit early here. You can take a look at the script and and here's the artwork, and she shows me a picture of this guy, and I said, "What the <laughs> hell is that?" And she said, uh, that's Big the Cat. And I said, doesn't look much like a cat, but okay, he certainly does look big. She goes, yeah, he's a big kind of dumb guy. So they're going to want you to do kind of a dumb voice. That's why I hired you without any auditions, because I know you can do a dumb voice. <laughs> I thanked her for that. And so about your natural voice to
0: speak, as you always do.
2: <laughs> use your normal voice. So yeah. so about 45 minutes later, I end up in the studio, in the booth. and And the director is on the phone from Tokyo and says, uh, okay, let's hear your Big the Cat. And I went, I can't find my froggy anywhere. You don't look so good, little buddy. I said, I'm just kidding. I'll do something better. And they went, no, 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 that's good. Use that voice. And so I got stuck with it. And uh, at various conventions, fans would ask me about Big the Cat, and I would cringe and go, oh, God, that fucking terrible voice I did. And so they think I hate the Big the Cat character, and they think it's funny. And and so that kind of you know builds up over time, and I have to keep explaining to people. I don't mind the character Big the Cat. I didn't like the voice I did for him, you know, because it was stupid. But fans seemed to love it. The
3: Big the but Cat that's how it
2: happened again. Lonnie Manila just kind of dragged me into it, kicking and screaming. She's fantastic.
0: We we had her uh, um, in uh, in Bombshell as well, uh, mm-hmm. doing voices for that. For uh, does the, I think with the president in, in the game. Um,
2: yeah i think she is the president in that game isn't she yeah
0: gosh she's my, you like that, that i that love that like rust rusty she has a really cool good, good like rusty voice it's super cool yeah oh yeah she's there super well. talented breaking yeah.
3: down barriers since the last century and it's crazy female presidents we, it's a beautiful thing and then It'll uh, happen someday here same year you also do twisted metal four
2: yeah that was awesome what an experience
3: and you did a lot of characters for that. Yeah, I'm the so entire
2: like, male cast in that game. So I'm General Warthog, and I'm Rob Zombie, and I'm Trash Man, and I'm Sweet Tooth Spokes Clown. And, <laughs> yeah, that that was quite a game. And my kids loved that one. They played that game for years.
3: It's a great game. Uh, Twisted Metal was like one of those, especially for us PS1 crowd people, Fred. Hell yeah. It was like, hell yeah, dude. This is an arena shooter, but with cars. And it's mm-hmm. like...
0: Crazy! I went right? out
2: and bought a PS1 just because they gave me a free copy of the game so we could Wait, play Did it. you get yeah. to
0: work with uh, David Jaffe? I guess I, you, you were still involved at, at that point?
2: I don't think so. It, it seems to me I was working with a fella named Rex at 989, which was Sony's recording studios in Rancho Bernardo here in San Diego. Does that ring a bell to you guys? A guy named Rex? Uh, I
3: don't know.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's the sound...
2: Doesn't sound familiar. He's, no. he's probably long gone. I, I think he probably left the industry years ago because, gosh, Twisted Metal 4 was what year? 97, 98, 99, somewhere 99? around there.
3: 99. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and goes way on back.
3: What's he doing?
0: That was a hell of a game. Uh, yeah. What, what happened to. He just had enough. He's crying. Like, he's <laughs> too Frick this shit. Flip the desk and just left. Uh, well, let's go ahead.
3: And uh, at this point,
0: he, he He has to do all the editing of this uh, fantastic podcast, yeah, so I'm he's just sorry. The, the, the beer and
1: uh, coffee finally got through to me, and I was like, I can't take I, I,
0: I was trying to give the gesture,
1: like just keep going, but I realized I just gave, gave the one minute gesture. I was like, fuck.
0: <laughs> can you do that? Uh, can you do that secret spy thing where you just like loop the last thirty seconds of your camera and just like sneak out, just keep it looping? Ooh, that would good. be cool. I should. I should do that. Just, like I'll he's just, probably
3: just going to focus the camera on one of us. <laughs>
0: Time for well, another well, hack.
1: I'll, I'll cut to something else. or if, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Just maybe Ty was done. actually John. never here.
0: Maybe, maybe Ty didn't get his camera to work or something, and it's just a looping video of Ty just saying, all right, cool, yeah, sure. <laughs>
3: while <laughs> while we're addressing technical difficulties, Hadekant, are you actually recording John's voice? Because I wasn't for, like, the first 30 minutes. I'm recording <laughs>
1: everything, man, because we're not... Ha- okay. <laughs> the lot, okay, so... Okay, is this literally a repeat of the is this an Andrew Holschelt again almost? Ooh, no, 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 don't talk about Careful. Oh, we don't have to do the whole thing again. No, 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 no. we'll tell you after. If my voice is missing, I'd love for if my voice
2: is missing, I'd love for Fred to dub in my voice. That would be
0: awesome. Oh no no, don't worry, don't worry. Oh shit. Did we did we talk about the uh we need to do the thing with uh uh with um with Clint uh Lazy game reviews.
1: Yes. Okay, can, I, we'll can battle. I tell him? Can I tell him? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so... so you're, you're, it was your idea, idea you get to pitch it. Okay, so me and my girlfriend, we actually bonded first-time meeting over LGR, and when I found out he did Duke Impressions while playing uh his, uh-huh. his play through is in his uh duke's house at dukey and stuff like that i was like "Fuck, this guy's great and then i was like man it'll be really funny if him and john st john had a duke out or a duke off or something like that or something like that so i was thinking duke match duke, duke match. match yeah like yeah, an a official duke, duke, off. Duke, a, a
2: duke off sounds like something's exactly. going on <laughs>
1: hey, it, 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 <laughs> that could duke be off. fun too hey, that could get a lot purpose. of views. <laughs> yeah you never know I hear premium. Pre- 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 Snapchats a great place to make money nowadays. But anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, 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 no. A Duke, a a Duke match would definitely be more suited,
0: as the time. I, I think a Duke off. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. You know, you know the the dueling banjos kind of thing, you know, something like that. Yeah, that that would, that would be fantastic. And back then, and forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, like, Clint is a huge Duke fan, like so much that he. It's so fun when you you watch his videos. They're super charming because he he almost can't help himself when you know well, was he can't say. Video. Did you see? His, he can't what? say the word Duke Nukem or reference Duke Nukem without doing the voice. Yeah, it right. kind of it just comes out oh, in St. John voice every time. <laughs>
1: oh, he was just saying this earlier today, or I was watching his uh, most recent. Uh, uh, what is this? Uh, his, where he goes out to like uh, Goodwill and stuff like that. And uh, his th- uh, his thrift videos, and he just did a video where he had a camera pointed at mirrors, like don't have time to look at myself, and like, <sighs> and he just kept going on and on, I'm like oh god damn.
0: Yeah, we yeah. we need a duel, dueling dukes video, and does this make it harder and harder and harder? And then uh, we have we need to have some uh, judges or something.
1: Actually, dueling dukes sounds really a
0: lot better. I like that name. <laughs> duel, du- 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 dueling Dukes together.
1: They're gonna duke, 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 duke it duke, out. Duke 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 duke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I know it's
2: time for doing Duke. By the way, since we're we're talking about Duke again, I'm bringing Duke back in a very special way. It's not an animation, it's not a video game. Mm -hmm. But within a couple of weeks, I'm going to go viral as shit with Duke Nukem. I can't wait for you to see it. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for It's going to be really good.
0: Hear this podcast. Well, so this podcast uh, I, I comes out. In, uh, yeah. I can't is wait for the
3: people happened? who hear this podcast to not listen to it because of whatever it is Eve done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so here's excited. the here's the problem when, David, when this is you, you know this time? <laughs> we're we're making this look like you know this is this is now we're in September now even though we're recording it now but this is in September so we also have to make sure that it doesn't sound like we're caught up to the news that happened no. the um, week before. Yeah. We'll cut this out of whatever
3: plays on the air. Yeah, Don't worry, Runs it'll Deep be a timeless classic. But this will like. be a timeless classic on my YouTube channel, so we're not yeah. worried about that at all. You do whatever fuck you want. We'll, okay. we'll take care of Fred, and then after that, I'll accept all responsibility for John John's <laughs> <own tips. laughs>
1: Good luck with I'm, that.
3: I might, regret, I might regret that. As statement. I say on our <laughs> late
1: night, on our live streams, our views and opinions that are said here do not reflect the views or opinions of In The Keep or anybody that's talking
0: they okay. only reflect the views and opinions of John and John. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So at this point, and uh, <laughs> Thank you.
3: a few different things started to happen in the gaming world that really changed the fabric of space, time, and the continuum, and all that shit. One of them being Half Life, and you actually did work on a couple of the expansion packs for Half Life. Uh, as I said earlier, Drill Sergeant Dwight T. Barnes and Sergeant Sharp. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That was uh, that was a that fun
2: game? session. By the way, I, I yeah. can't recall who who directed that, but somebody. Uh, at 3D Realms, got a wild hair up their ass and decided that I should initially start out uh, doing an impersonation of Arlie Ermey from Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. And the second they said that, I, I went, what is your major malfunction, son? I like you, boy. You should come over to my house and fuck my sister. And, um, <laughs> I said that line from the movie. They went, okay, fine. Let's tone it down a little bit. <laughs> that was a good time. I enjoyed recording that. They did did two different versions of it, and then they mixed them together. And I think the the blue shift, Half-Life blue shift, I think, where I start out, uh, start out talking like this, son. But then when it gets into the uh, drill instructor on on the course where you're training, I, I think they toned it way down. They took different takes. And it was a different recording session altogether. So I was always amused by the fact that the character's voice didn't match itself yeah. in the
3: game. It, that's never been a problem in Half Life. It's one of those games. Where it's like the voice acting is not what's important here. <laughs> right.
0: Again, another another uh, another instance where Chuck Jones and your work is connected. Again, he did so many characters and uh, weapons mm-hmm. and stuff on Half Life. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one big happy family. It seems well, like Chuck Jones good.
2: and I really should get 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 together for drinks and dinner and a cigar at some point. Do you think? Oh, oh, yes, absolutely. He's fantastic, man. Jones, a drinking man. Do you think he'd uh, do shots of tequila with me? He's from. If Texas. he if he
0: if he went went with you, he would. Chuck, I'm sure i want to drink with you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing Chuck in now, and like calls it. Hey, what do you say?
3: And I, I mean, like, several different things are going on, like right in this, like 1999 to the change of the century and or the millennium, and so you do the Half Life stuff, and then also. Not to jump way too far in the script, but also this is when Postal starts to get uh, pretty pretty significant. And you've picked up that job now. How is that uh, taking over the reins that, of such that an was, iconic voice actor?
2: That was pretty cool because uh, Running With Scissors came to me. Uh, Mike Jarrett uh, specifically came to me and said... Um, we're trying to find the right voice for him so do your impression of the original voice actor and i went he sounds like a pukey fm dj is that really what you want and he goes well that's what the original voice was I went, okay so i recorded him talking kind of like the original postal dude yeah and, and i said you know if that works for you fine i'll do it but i'd rather do it in a more snarky sarcastic tone and he said what'd you have in mind and i said i'm the snarkiest most sarcastic fucker i know how about Uh, for a change i record a video game in my regular voice i've never done that before he said let's hear what you got and i recorded the lines in this voice you're hearing right now and he went Mm -hmm. yeah you're a snarky motherfucker aren't you (laughs) (laughs) and so so this is the voice of postal dude right here now i love doing it i got to just speak my my own mind and i got to ad-lib a little bit here and there too
3: it's but, really but, but, that John, from Rick Hunter, like yeah. your your normal voice is not too crazily different than Rick Hunter doing Postal Dude.
0: But, John, how do we even know that this is your normal voice? That's the question. How, how, how do we know that you haven't been voice acting as the Postal Dude since the 90s and no one has ever heard well, you well,
2: No way of knowing that, Fred. Oh, there it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna have
2: to take my word for
3: it. <laughs> And then, uh, like, over time, we get a lot of different Duke games. that uh, We had, like, Land of Babes. We had the Manhattan Project in 2002. And then there was also the Duke the Zero Duke Hour? Yeah, yeah. All, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Zero, zero Hours in 99. And then... Uh, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, what was Duke Nukem Advance like? Because like I can't even imagine
2: I was what just going to ask about a, that. Like yeah, I don't line. I don't
0: think John did any any lines for Duke Advance because you're credited don't think for that. So. I yeah, don't yeah. Record, uh,
1: I don't recall any kind of recording session for that. I've actually played the game and I'm pretty sure it's just compressed you know, yeah. audio files from the DOS games. So.
0: Mm-hmm. There were yeah. also, also a RPG
1: um, due to the system's on. Yeah.
0: There were also, as far as I recall, there's going to be some some big fan out there who knows better than me. But one of the Wizard Wizard Works expansions, I think, used an impersonator.
2: Yes, I've I've heard of that too, and uh, I I never heard the impersonator myself. But there are a lot of there are a lot of Duke impersonators out there. I mean, they're all over yeah. Twitter for God's sake. And, and I had a run in with one of them, a guy named Johnny, who. Uh, I said, uh, somebody was commenting on all this stuff. Wow, it's great that you do that in Postal Dude. And I chimed in and went, wait, 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 wait. No, he does the impression of Duke Nukem, but he's not put. That's me. I'm the guy who does those voices. And Johnny messaged me. He goes, dude, I'm really sorry. If you want me to stop doing this, I'll stop. I went, no, you got a following doing these Duke quotes Fucking go on with it, buddy. Good for you. I, I, I'm a fan of you now. Don't worry about it. But it was very nice that he, you know, he wanted to check with me and make sure he wasn't pissing me off. Maybe yeah. he thought I'd rip his head off and shit down his neck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I found it right here. An, an old, uh, I'm sure have read it somewhere. This is a, uh, an article here that, uh, like a review of the game, where, where they wrote that um, even more so, Sunstorm Interactive hired an impersonator called Dave Manuel to provide some new Duke lines Instead of Johnson John, the true voice of Duke, these lines are uncanny compared to the original. You'll hear the ultimate arse kicker say things like "You're blocking my son, asswipe," or "It's time to limbo," and many other appropriately cheesy quips.
2: You know, when I hear the impressions of Duke, uh, they don't impress me. I don't think they sound like me doing Duke. But then, you know, I'm
0: biased. except for uh, Clint Passenger, uh, LGR. I can't the hear the difference. Right. I think he's your long lost son. <laughs> <laughs> so really, polite. You can't hear the difference, Fred? Really? You can't? Not I
1: don't know. Sure. It's, <laughs> a, it's the same. I Put on the glasses for a second. You look, so you you just, look, you look younger up, than usual. You <laughs> we'll do a we'll do side by side. I'll edit that and we'll see how this goes. Put the glasses <laughs> on for a second. We'll do this. Yeah.
3: So the reason I brought you all <laughs> together t- today was because really I have one thing that I really want to hear and I want to hear your NASCAR crew chief voice.
2: Wow, I can't. Oh, that must have been some kind of North Carolina sounding thing. I think you better pit right now. Pit now. You need to slow down and pit now. Car right, car, car left. Is that one right? Yes. Yeah, that's just my North Carolina accent that I <laughs> I used to talk like this when I was young in North Carolina. When I was a teenager, I sounded like this. And I said ain't and y'all and. Well, I know yeah, just what I, you
3: mean, man. That's uh, where I'm from is saying ain't and all. Mobile, kind of Alabama. Stuff, right? Just getting real light down there, isn't it? Sound like Boomhauer. Yeah, you know what I'm
2: talking about,
0: man. <laughs> exactly. <That's good. laughs> I'm too Danish for this. I can't follow along at all.
3: I'm from Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> I'm from
2: Canada. Anyways, how about that? You and Jonathan Mangum, Mangum, Mang, Mang, you know who I'm talking about? You ever see that show called The Price Is Right? No, uh, let's make a deal. Mm-hmm. It's a tall, skinny, redheaded kid about your age. He's from Mobile, Alabama. Did
3: you go to school with him? Uh, unless you went to Mary G. Montgomery High School, probably not.
2: Couldn't so, tell you that. A
3: little further north than the, the, the grand city of Mobile. Them city folks live down there. I'm from the country.
2: But, what what part of Mobile did you live in? I'm just curious. So,
3: well, I, I'm going to dos my whole family. Um, no, I, I'm, I grew up in an area called like Sims uh, is where my high school was. And then, uh, oh, you were
2: western, west side of Mobile, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And, and I lived the... in
2: uh, Daphne on the other side of the bay.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Daphne. I,
2: I, I used like to it. hang it's out with nicer. Jimmy Buffett. I used to hang you, out with Jimmy Buffett back in the day.
3: Did you go to Margaritaville over in Biloxi? Uh,
2: I ha- I never did because it wasn't there when I li- lived there. I, I moved to Philadelphia in uh, 1988 or 9, so I think Margaritaville came after that.
3: Ah, oh, gotcha, man! Such a such a cool place, but Biloxi, Mississippi. If anybody ever hasn't gone there, you should, because it's the Las Vegas of the South. It's way it wild, yeah. super fun. Yeah, uh, always wanted to there. go to
0: Mississippi, but uh, man, so so many places to see. The the hurricanes
3: really like took their toll in that area, but I, I oh, think yeah. it was like Biloxi a really special place.
0: Bad. Yeah,
3: it's a special place, like it really is, and New Orleans too. I <sighs> lived in
2: New Orleans too, by the way, nineteen eighty
0: five to 1987 <laughs> you could be all about that except for me probably i don't know what where, where, where are you now you're 60 right yeah you, you could
2: i i will um, be in december i'll turn 60 that's a that's Papa a John. milestone
0: uh, I, I was just gonna uh you're probably gonna cover this uh ty uh but but it's probably around this time where it would be interesting to hear a bit you're about the boss fred uh no i, I was just wondering that they you know the past ten years, five years or so, there's been a lot. Now it becomes a bit more serious, but there's been a lot of uh, talks in the the voice acting community about uh, you know different unions and so on. Um, I'd love to hear a bit more about like what what happened because it seems like at some point something happened. Uh, there were some strikes and so on. Can you fill us in a bit more about that and what what do you think just in generally about the whole scene, the voice acting scene in games these days?
2: Well, first of all, I was thrilled when they unionized voice acting in video games because the pay scale got way better. And mm. for somebody like me who I have to drive two hours to LA to go to Warner Brothers studios, for example, and do, uh, uh, you know, two, three, four hour session and drive home again. That's a full day for me. For them to pay a half day scale is very nice. And when I do multiple characters in a game, the, uh, the, the rate jumps up much higher. And so the pay is nice. I think the rub now is, That uh, voice actors want residuals on the back end of game sales, because let's face it, you know, we get a couple of thousand bucks to record a voiceover game. Millions are made on the back end and we don't get any points on that. So what they want is every I think was for every half a million games sold. We get the pay again. And then when the half million games uh, when it gets to a million, then we get the same pay again. Kind yeah. of like the way advertising works here in the States where um, every 13 weeks, for instance, when I did the Bud Light Party commercials back in 2016, I was very fortunate that that was a campaign that began in February and ran all the way up to the election in November. So I got paid for every 13 week uh, repeat for doing nothing and it was the most lucrative job of my life because it ran so long on tv internet and radio so unionizing uh, and making a better deal for voice actors on video games i'm all for that because yeah. with that much money being made i know most of the work is done by the developers the artists you know everybody who's coding and all that stuff but the voice actors we- we do bring the characters to life, and it is an acting gig. And and if you can act in a in a cartoon on TV or an emotion picture and make huge money, well then video games should be the same thing because the video game industry uh, makes far more money than the motion picture industry does anymore mm. so uh, i think it's fair that we should be paid either on the back end or with the the number of sales so i think that's the way it's going still kind of in limbo though nothing's been resolved as far as i can tell
0: what what about your current day games um i've seen quite a quite a few you've been part of uh just postal there's this is the police and so can you t- talk a bit a bit more about you how's how's it going these days just in general in terms of gigs and are, and are there any big roles coming up that you can talk about? Um, not that
2: I can talk about, and and n- not that I would anyway, because they're not lead roles. And let's face it, for a voice actor, you've got to have a lead role. Or yeah. it doesn't mean you don't get con appearances or or book cameos because of uh, uh, additional voice roles. Those don't right. mean anything. It's got to be a lead, unless it's Big um, the Cat. <laughs> right, I wish they'd bring big the cat back i would I would do that voice again, um, but you know sega i I shouldn't bash them, but I'm gonna is that okay with you? Mm-hmm. They fucking recast every goddamn sonic game video cartoon movie every damn time they recast the roles. There's no consistency in it and and they really pissed me off because. I would have gone on playing Big the Cat, you know, all the way until present day, but they didn't allow that. So a lot of the games I'm doing right now are these mobile games, um, mobile apps, and um, they're okay. They don't pay well, and and most of the developers are either in Czechoslovakia or in Hungary, and um, they. I just make a deal per game per per recording session with them as to what I want to charge. And I'll go, well, I'm going to need, you know, 500 bucks to record those lines. And they'll either say, okay. Or if we cut 10 lines, will you cut the price? (laughs) They're always trying to bargain with me. And and I always say, no, you know, I'm not going to record. Yeah, because your
0: voice is is your livelihood. So I I can understand from, you know, small indie developers, you know, for them, it says, oh, he just has to talk for 10 more seconds. But, but right. that's your livelihood. That's what people are paying for. It's what comes out of your mouth. Right.
2: And you know, the glut of voice actors today on, on the market, everybody and their freaking brother wants to be a voice actor now. And so you have a bunch of hacks out there that don't really have any talent. And I don't mean to offend anybody. It's true. There are a lot of voice actors with demos online who don't have chops and they're charging $35 or $55 to record a project. And they're screwing the rest of us by driving the prices down <laughs> and by having a glut of voice actors out there to choose from where 90 percent of them don't have any chops that's kind of shitty actually
3: right and as someone who does actually does voices and works on different characters and everything when you hear a voice actor who literally just gets paid to just talk in their normal voice like h john benjamin comes to mind he's like really awesome at, oh he's at what so he does. good but he's he literally so just good. he's it's just him talking and it's
2: yeah, he, he's a one-trick yeah. pony, and mm-hmm. I, I know, like, on Bob's Burgers, he also plays Jimmy Jr., and you know it's him. He's just yeah. talking with an aspect, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's a one-trick pony, but that one trick is pretty damn good. Nobody yeah. has more dripping sarcasm in their voice than uh, John Benjamin as
0: Archer, for instance. Come yes. on, I love that well, character. Stephen Wade is, again, another example of this. Like You you typecast, he, because his natural voice. Especially when he talks in the deep, it's just so uh, fantastic and creepy and scary and you know. So so you know that's the type of typecast. But I was wondering, you see a lot of those type of voice actors coming from um, real life acting backgrounds. Is is that Mm -hmm. something you have ever done or anything you've ever considered doing?
2: Uh, well, yes. Um, you know, it's one thing to have a good voice, but more importantly, two other aspects come to mind. You have to have a good ear because if a director says, I want it to sound like this, you have to know that sound. Mm. You have to hear yourself doing it correctly. And number two, you have to have acting chops. If you don't know how to act, just having a great voice isn't going to do anything for you. Um, if you have no acting training, then you can play characters like the E-123 Omega, which I did in, uh, the uh sonic games um and he's a robot right Mm -hmm. so it's not acting it's reading you have no right to come through here we are going to block you that's not acting that's reading you know so yeah if you're a one-trick pony with no talent then do robot voices
0: did you ever think about acting like not voice acting but
2: on camera no i have a thing made for radio so i don't No, uh, no. i've never gone after any on-camera work at all that's just not me
3: base for radio and a voice for the papers. <laughs> that's a good line.
2: I like that. That's my
0: headstone.
3: Mm. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so you. Played- oh, and that's uh,
0: that reminds me of, uh, sorry, uh, about voices. We, uh, I just watched, uh, the matrix with my nephew this weekend. And there's this Merovingian scene where he, uh, where he, uh, does all the swearing in French. And he's like, oh, I love, I love French and the way it sounds. It's like wiping your ass with ass silk. It's so
2: cool. <laughs> Anybody ever wipe their ass with silk? Anybody? Show of hands. Wiped your ass with silk?
0: I'm a bodega. No. Time, time to try it. I don't. The only silk I think we have in the house is probably my fiance's. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Pajamas or something? Maybe can I can that
1: one. <laughs> Honey, what are hey, you hey, doing wait, wait.
0: for science? Okay. <laughs> for science, I heard it in the movie. <laughs> i got to try it.
2: <laughs> As a dare and a joke, I once wiped my ass with a $100 bill. Does that well,
0: count? Let, that's, that's the most that expensive poo you.
1: dollar I've ever heard in my entire life. That, that's, that's, when,
0: uh, that's right after Duke 3D came out and sold like 5 million copies. Like, <laughs> Somebody just just currently
3: my- has that $100 bill in their wallet.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you should, you should frame that. I don't want to ever <laughs> right. be the one who has to redo the frame because when they open that, The vacuum unleashes from the frame with the poop $100 bill. Welcome to Realms (laughs) Deep 2020, guys. Yeah.
1: (laughs) John. Really deep.
3: What what characters in Call of Cthulhu did you not play? (laughs) Was I in that?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did Call of Cthulhu. I I don't even know what voices I did play in that game. I uh, I couldn't name one of them.
3: John Gilman, Joe Sargent, Sergeant Sam... Uh, the Constable, you did uh, the Uranian Seaman, Captain Stephen Hurst, and the FBI agent, or what your credit is for.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember some of those, but I don't remember what they sounded like. I bet they all sounded similar, didn't they?
3: <laughs> but this kind of this starts a, a, a new era in gaming. Right around there, this is 2005, and we start to get away from those like lead character kind of driven games, and you, you get into these more modern sort of narrative rpg mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it doesn't matter and you go on from that project which was kind of unsung i know a lot of people really love call of cthulhu it's very important to us here at the keep if you can't tell but
1: indeed praise cathala praise cathala
3: <laughs> and <laughs> we're not a cult it, and then you go on to do Almost one not. of my favorite games of all time uh, amnesia the dark descent and i'm oh wow you
2: know that game
3: everyone knows that game john like really it's really funny to me how disconnected you are
2: duke nukem 3d is a thing people are playing it it's another (laughs) another breakthrough
3: moment for me right here every everybody in the world of horror gaming knows amnesia the dark descent and if they don't pretenders but yeah am i daniel radcliffe in that game (laughs) you might as well have been you might as well have been you do the nude stage acting that might be your break you know the nude stage acting just like Daniel Radcliffe did.
2: Yeah, it was a lead character, maybe De- De- David Dan Gardner, David Gardner, something like that. Do you remember the lead character?
3: You played Victor and Basil in the game.
2: Oh, that game! Okay, <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. No one of the greatest great games like yes.
3: One of the greatest <laughs> this, horror games of all time. And this, he's just like, yeah, it's just something. I wipe my, I wipe my ass with hundred dollar bills.
2: <laughs> what an asshole! Oh, that's something I should definitely. Oh, I wipe my ass with hundred dollar <laughs> bills, young man. <laughs> it, <laughs>
3: slowly over time you get involved in some of the more modern multiplayer games and this is a huge jump in the world of gaming we start to see esports really break out and you play in uh, counter strike global offenses which is like literally the biggest esport there is and also a little bit in guild wars and dota 2 so what's it like doing the characters for these games
2: um, uh, I, I, love doing the Dota 2 characters, especially because Axe is a ridiculous character. Um, but I, I, have to answer that in the snarky way that I answer th- this question every time I get it in interviews is what was it like recording that game? What was it like recording this game? You know what? I'm in a studio with a microphone like this and somebody on the other side of the glass and headphones and a script and every session is just like that. So Whoa. the difference between them is the script and that's all.
3: I guess what it really comes down to is you're playing a different type of character. That's kind of what I'm trying yeah. to get at, is that you're, you're not doing, like, because Duke is, like, this thing that's going to become a, a full-on three-dimensional character. In games like this, you're literally just coming in, you're dropping some lines, I'm assuming, and then it just goes out to the world, and then it's it becomes, like, iconic to the people who are involved in that, uh, especially, yeah. like, Dota 2 players and Counter-Strike players. Like, they probably have no idea that voice acting is not even a part of the game to them. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, like, I just hear that all the time, to sound cue. and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, you don't approach that any differently. Do you take that into consideration or do you literally just walk into the studio and just like, I'm going to read my lines oh. and do it to the best I can? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I literally walk into the studio and say, okay, what do you want this guy to sound like? And what's his backstory? And, and, uh, we just, we tweak a voice within a couple of minutes and then, uh, I just try to stick in, I try to stay in that voice character. And, and it's really, it's, it's, it's a mindset. You, you want to be that character and it, anybody who has acting training, I don't have formal acting training, really some drama mm-hmm. back in high school and in and, and college, but, but really uh it's once you get into the character and, and, and you become the character, it's kind of a mindset and it takes a little while for it to, to really stick. But once it does uh, the session goes smooth and you mm-hmm. are that character for me, it just, it just happens somehow. I can't really even put my finger on it.
3: I think that's a satisfactory enough answer. I've, I really kind okay. of think like I don't I don't know your craft, so I'm just genuinely curious, like how does mm. this work? I I have no idea. And now sure, everyone has their own I, perceptions.
2: Oh I'm sure other voice actors have some method that they use. For me, it really is just trying to get the voice right and then I, I try to become that character in my head, and uh that's my process.
3: And you you go on uh and we kind of have like a resurgence, like a almost a turnaround of the way that you uh end up work working on these characters and the games that they're in. Uh in 2016, you did Bombshell. You played a uh, Jadas Heskell And what was it like? Because I heard the the guy that owns that company it was a real dickwad. And yeah, he
2: was kind of a with. kind of a tool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm kind <laughs> of a dickhead. I don't like him myself. I love Fred, and you know I do.
0: Fred. <laughs> actually, right. I I have a good story about how we actually uh, found out what we wanted the voice to be because we heard. Um we heard John St. John uh post these auditions for the Joker on Facebook. Oh. And and when we heard those, we were like, all right, if you take this and add like a robotic kind of thing, yeah. and then like a yeah. bit, bit more crazy, and you know, that could be good for for Jadis Haskell, then we called John up.
2: Cost you an arm and a leg, Shelly. Well, an arm, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, and interestingly enough, you, you mentioned that. By the way, the voice of the Joker, Richard Epcar, one of the mm-hmm. guests on my King Con cruise next Man. March. Yeah.
3: Those yeah. yeah. are the Mark Hamill
2: oh wow mark hamill every and i was told when i did not land the part for the joker which i auditioned for it was because oh you're trying to sound like mark hamill that's not what we want and apparently everybody did their take off of mark hamill except for richard epcar who and it's funny i love this guy richard is so nice and he didn't try to sound like like hamill yet i hear a lot of mark hamill influence in in his joker though he does give it a really dark edgy fucked up sound <laughs> which yeah. i i really admire him for um richard Epcar's joker scares me somewhat yeah.
3: that's the difference it's like mark hamill has that you know he did a lot of the cartoon stuff and, yeah and really has that kind of like child-friendly joker and it doesn't have to. And be Epcar we, does not right yeah. we, we start to see uh, especially with the more recent games that came out with it, the Dark Knight series and everything, like these games were like so unbelievably dark and gritty and more like the Frank Miller Batman,
0: and I yeah, think he's right. perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. And is. then you look at the um, you look at the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Batman, and then it's just darkness t- darkness taking to the the next level after that.
2: <laughs> yeah, mm. where's it going next? He god,
3: yeah, oh. could go anywhere. Who knows? But it. it I am interested in like that kind of return to form. You know, you go back and you're like, "Hey, it's 3D Realms," and you, you get this uh, character. Which honestly, like, we'll just go ahead and call out the elephant in the room. Bombshell was not like something that really hit the gaming scene uh, with the full brunt of everything. But then you get to work with uh, the next project in that series, which was Ion Fury, and cool. return to that voice. So you, you've already had a little bit of experience uh, getting into that antagonist character as opposed to your typical kind of protagonist role that you've taken on or at least that you're known for and that's fun you get to do all these really antagonistic lines and you get to work with uh kind of the old team again what was that
0: uh like and you get to be your joker yeah you get to still do do, kind of uh, do him that's how does it feel to
3: like all these years later kind of circle back into it
2: Pretty, pretty damn good, actually. I I just wish that I had that quality of voice that uh, that 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 is really creepy. You know what I mean? I don't have that particular sound. I want to be the creepiest antagonist I can be. And I try. But there's a certain certain tone of voice that people like uh what Richard Epcar uh Maurice Lamarche are able to to create that makes them just sound creepy as hell yeah. and and that's not something i have in, in in my vocal range but i wish i did i do my best to sound creepy and evil um, and, that, and that's all channeling memories of my ex-wives is how I do it, because I hate them. And, mm-hmm. and it makes me very angry and bitter. I, I certainly channeled a lot of that when I was doing the Heskell voice. But again, <laughs> there's there's that certain quality that some voices have that is extra creepy. And I wish I could nail that. I work on it all the time, but I, I can't scare myself yet. But.
0: But you also have much trying. more versatility than many of those who can be that creepy. Because usually those who have that really deep, rusty, creepy voice are getting typecast so much. And you have such a huge range. You can do both. You can, both like macho guys like Duke or crazy villains like Heska, but also all these cartoon characters. I remember uh, seeing one of your first um, demo tapes where there was so many things from The Simpsons. Like you, you just nailed Homer completely, and you named uh you you nailed almost all of the main characters from the simpsons in just one row like
2: smithers why don't people like me Ah, market research shows they think of you as someone of an ogre sir why i should crush their skulls and eat their bones uh there was a a time (laughs) about uh 20 20 years ago i think now when the the cast of the simpsons were on strike do you remember that when they walked out Okay. At the time, I was the voice of the Fox TV affiliate here in San Diego, and my boss Judy knew Bonnie Pietella, or now Bonita Pietella, who's the casting director for The Simpsons. And she said, "You know, your Homer and your Barney and your Smith, uh, your Smithers and Burns voices are so good. Why don't you put something together and I'll send your tape to Bonnie? I know her." And I went, "Wow. Okay." So I recorded the, these takes, and she sent it up, and I got an email from uh, Ms. Pietola, and she said, um, "We're going to place your 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 tape in, in on file and uh, keep you in mind. If things don't work out, we'll be in touch." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I might get on The Simpsons!" <laughs> Please don't work out. Re- Sorry. Yeah, things worked yeah. out for the cast. They went from 80 grand an episode to 120 grand an episode oh, and 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 that darn. made them all happy. I can only imagine after all the renegotiations what those cast members are making today and that show's been on for 30 how many years now? Yeah. Wow, talk about the millions. That's a voice actor's dream right there, by the way, to land uh, an animated series that goes 30 plus years.
0: But it's funny it's funny when you see stuff like that. What what are your feelings on um on those type of animated series that get as successful, but where the voice acting might not be that important. Because when you look at The Simpsons, right, there's a lot of fantastic voice actors that's been doing this for 30 years. Hmm. And then you have stuff like um, South Park or um, um, Rick and Morty, where the creator himself or the creators just did the voices because now nah, I'll just do the voices like South Park, like Trey Parker, Matt Stone just does almost all the characters. And then they just pitch up and down the sound. Like how, how do you feel when you hear something like that? Because it feels like they just did it because nah, we don't want to pay voice actors. We can just do it and we'll pitch our voices up to be kids. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all because
2: South Park is all about the writing and how timely the show is. So, yeah, and because yeah. the animation is shit, uh, so the voices might as well be shit too. And and I'm not saying they're terrible; they they fit the characters, and that's fine. Um, when it comes to shows like Rick and Morty, which I would give my left nut to get on that, uh, several of my voice actor friends are always uh, Gary Walgren is a regular on Rick and Morty um, Maurice Lamarche is constantly on Nolan North they're they're always on Rick and Morty episodes but um, remember that the creator truly the creator is Justin Roiland uh, well Dan we Harman's should have we and- should have
0: had this one uh, before um, the uh, the cho- uh, the um, Cliff Posinski one because Cliff Pl- Placinski is a personal friend of Justin Roiland we just spoke with him a few weeks ago we should have had you on that you could have Hey Cliff can you put in a word Please oh, let me be on dude. the show.
2: Yeah, just one episode. I'm fine. Just let me have a, a role, and 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 I'll go away happy. <laughs> because you know what? I, before I leave this earth, I want to be a part of a big production that is known forever. Uh, yeah. Duke Nukem was fine, and that and but it's going to fade away in time as video games do. But. Uh, media like film and animation, that stuff is forever because look at how many cable channels there are today around the world. There's always going to be an outlet for film and animated series. And I just want to roll in one of them for, for, for one season, maybe, because that, that's how I could leave my mark. It'll last forever. Video games, maybe not, mm. but, uh, you know, uh, programs and, and films, they will last forever, I think.
0: But I, I think your chances of doing that are much higher now, because I, think I of wish. it. Well, I, well, think think of it as most of the creators, like Justin Ryland, for instance, creating something like Rick and Morty. He was, you know, a teenager when he knew about you and and, and played Doom Duke and so on. A lot of the people that are also hiring you now, you mentioned, you know, a lot of game developers from you know Eastern Europe and so on. They hire Jonathan John because they. They think back to when they were kids and, oh, that voice, yeah. of Duke Nukem, for instance, all the other many other video games. So there's this new generation creating all this new fantastic content. I think it's just a matter of time before one of them thinks that, oh, the guy who played Duke Nukem, I want that guy on this show, which wasn't the case, you know, 10, 15 years ago, because most of the series creators were probably around your age back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that certainly has played
2: a role, Fred, in me uh, landing video games. I mean, Valve hired me to be in, uh, like, Dota 2 and and, and uh, World of Warships and games like that because... Uh, the developers are fanboys of mine. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh w- when I was doing the original uh, the Guild Wars games, um, I could have recorded from a studio here in San Diego. But no, they insisted on flying me to Seattle. And I'm sure that's so that we could go drinking with each other after the recording session because they were Duke Nukem fans. They were John St. John fans, I guess. And I landed a number of games just because I was Duke. But it, uh, on the other side of that coin... I also was pigeonholed as the voice of Duke, and people who didn't check out my demo reels and didn't know what I could do would go, yeah, we don't want that voice. It's like, well, I do other voices. I'm not stuck in the Duke voice, but but I've lost out to other actors because they thought everything I did sounded like this, and that's just not
0: the case. But also, Duke the Duke voice is one of the, to be frank, one of the voices that requires least acting it's more of a method acting thing where many of the other things you do requires actual acting Mm -hmm. true
2: and the duke voice i gotta say you know people have asked me what's the easiest voice or the most fun voice for me talking like this is so easy it never wears my voice out it never gets old to me i still will drive through a wendy's and go yeah i want a number one but no onions damn it and every (laughs) once in a while the person on the other side will laugh knowing who it is yeah
3: something that I think is worthy of touching on now that we've kind of come full circle and gone through the whole catalog is that you've painted with such a wide palette throughout your whole career and it is unfortunate that you feel that way like I hate that you you get that treatment about the Duke voice because first of all it's one of the most iconic things ever and something you said earlier in regards to like it will fade away that is a choice that certain people can undo but because not all video games fade away, and we have the power to keep them alive, especially an iconic kind of character like that. But when you talk we? about all your other, well, we have we, as the oh, yeah. we as the gaming community, we as the gaming community can't do
0: thing one to make another Duke Nukem game happen. What do you mean, we? Oh, sorry, I think Ty is a living example mm-hmm. of this because I, when I met when I met Ty, who, who runs a community that is dedicated to games that he he was too small to play in them when they came out. I, I was like, wow, you you guys are this young and you play these games? I thought it was just like guys in the mid-30s like me. Which I think is a living example of, even though there might not have been a, a, a dupe game for, for so long, uh, I think a lot of kids are going to go back and play what their parents played and what their parents played and so on and so forth. That's
3: what I was just I saying. Hope like, so. Yeah. I hope it's like classic
2: yeah. films where people like to go back and play older games. But I was under the impression that as the game engines get better and the graphics get better, that it's like, for me, I can't watch a black and white film Mm-hmm. Unless it's Young Frankenstein, I can't sit through a <laughs> black and white film. A, I don't like the acting in the old yeah. movies, and B, it's grainy and black and white. Sorry I, I have you. a 4K TV. God damn it! I want everything in 4K. Well, let's
3: change all our
0: black paint. and white here. Let's,
3: let's change our colors back.
0: Yeah, but but you have you have a point, John, and and I think there there's a point in all entertainment, uh, both you know, movies and games, where I think most of us, both you and us, can go back and, and watch black and white movies, but. Probably most, mostly everything from the 70s and upwards kind of becomes timeless because you had all the technology to make great movies. You had great sound, great, great video. You could do great enough effects, like practical effects. Watch a movie like Aliens or Terminator 2 or whatever. They still hold up as well today. I think it's the same with video games. And I think you were lucky enough that 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 era around... Like, Wolfenstein 3D might be a bit too old for... For young people these days to really get into you can play it as kind of an you know all right that's a from it's from the past it's yeah that's where the games came from but games like quake and duke and doom are are just on the edge of all right now enough is a possible is possible to do with video games that they become timeless classics and you can take someone who's 10 years old today and give them Doom or Duke or Quake, and they're going to have fun, and they're not going to realize that these games are old. They're just going to look at the visuals as, oh, it's just a different visual style.
2: Yeah, and those games will always remain classics, specifically, and legendary games, because they were a turning point in the development of games. I mean, Duke was the first game, really, that had a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, you had just a single words here and there, but Duke actually... Gave the the player the personality, I guess, of of having the voice in it. And um, yeah, and even the game engine back then, it was a different style of playing than Mm -hmm. in in previous video games. So I guess because that was a turning point in the industry with these games that perhaps they will remain legendary and people
1: will go back and play them. We can only hope. Right. And then you have people doing source ports like a Z Damon or like my favorite, E Duke 32. So you can finally play Duke -Duke 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 the right way. With the wide that's key, The community keeps them alive. I want to play. That that's the main want thing to play about... Duke Nukem at 144 frames per second. That's my way to play yeah. <laughs> it. It'll with happen with these games. No, you, I'm doing it. You,
3: yeah. you specifically, like ED, you know, Eduke and you have like Blood was a perfect example of a game that was kept alive by the community. Um Doom is probably the best example in that though it is an outdated game like if you go back and play just straight up original doom with no tweaking to it whatsoever a lot of kids aren't going to be into that but if you start playing around with what the community's contributed to that and you start uh, playing with gz doom which is a whole new source port for it that has all of these you know uh, quality of life improvements and the ability to you know play it at higher refresh rates and all this and you also have the ability to preserve like that original artwork while updating it and with the voice acting the same way uh, we could preserve these games for basically ever in the world of video gaming because we have people like Night Dive and like 3D Realms who can continue to turn out new content uh, based on this old stuff without bastardizing what it was originally about.
2: And I hope you're right, because I, 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 I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave something behind, you know? I, I, I want people have. to remember me after I'm gone. I think everybody wants that, right?
3: We're going to remember you.
2: Aww. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean,
3: don't you want my to leave a mark? You don't
2: are. you want to be remembered after you're gone for something great you did and and, and that you influenced people or or made them happy or did something oh. to inspire people? Ty I'm is
3: doing that right now. But I, I am working on it right now. This is my <laughs> – this uh, – Realms Deep 2020 will be like the magnum opus of my career so far in interviewing people. Like this has been an opportunity handed to me by Fred and i'm I'm happy
0: to be a part of it thanks for including me you guys yeah Yeah. i'm happy i'm happy to be part of it man thanks for wanting to talk with us like holy cow yeah it's it's been
3: amazing i love casually this is
0: the highlight of my weekend man
2: i've been waiting for for this to get here already
3: think about how excited you were and imagine how excited had was
2: how about you (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: how'd you tell me don't i can't don't do it go right each no, right like, now i can't like okay so they the guys in the keep always give me shit they're always like you do a great do compression. i'm like i do it once well in like a blue moon and then that's it because i can't hit that guttural low end like you do the, let's hear it yeah, come let's on. hear
0: it I come on hear it. Let, i want to let, hear let's it let's hear it and then, then john angry. can I, kind I, of train I, you a little bit
2: here's your line here's your line your face your ass
1: What's the difference? I was going to say, could I do my favorite line uh, from the Duke games? Oh, okay. Okay. You're listening to KTIT. K-Tit. Playing the best, I mean, best tunes in town.
2: You know, I started. Uh, I was going to do a podcast, and I've already got like five hours recorded of Duke on K-Tit Radio playing classic <laughs> rock music, and oh, I've never done anything with it. And I thought, I wonder it. if this would fly. Would anybody oh, listen? Oh to my it? god! If, if you need,
3: it, it, no, 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 stop right now. If you need a producer, right. if you, if you need anything Altmer. to do with distributing your <laughs> podcast, you hit me up right now. I'll do it fucking pro bono.
0: You'll be you'll be the co-host of the uh, In the Keep podcast every week from now uh, John and you have to interview all these fantastic indie developers together with Ty it's gonna be fun if that could (laughs) be fun, no no
3: you neither looking for a podcast producer you got (laughs) one right because
1: what was it we have the intro of our podcast which Ty wanted me to do and then I never got around to it because I'm a lazy asshole but uh yeah no we should definitely get you to do the intro no I'm just kidding I'd be happy
2: anytime anytime and it's free for you guys just say when and I'll do it
0: Right, mother- I'm not. Requested. It's the question is just the voice. They don't want to get sued. <laughs> all right, oh, we'll be in oh. contact. Oh, oh, sh- oh. they. Uh, you need to make a new voice for that podcast. Uh, and now it's time for your special podcast. Something
2: like that. <laughs> I don't know. Something obnoxious as shit.
3: We'll come up with something. We'll be. We'll be back in contact very soon. I'm. Uh, all right, I'll be done. right
2: here. You let me know. Uh,
3: I've asked all my big questions. I'm very happy. This has been uh, one of the coolest Sundays I've had in quite a long time. Fred, thank you.
2: For
0: me, too.
3: Yeah. Well, thank um, you,
0: John. And thank you, Ty, thank for you, wanting for to me. spend all thank your you. days on this.
3: Thank you for uh, doing all the editing and for being here and helping me with the audio. And, John, thank you so much for all of your time and your patience and for setting up Discord only to then only half use it and for everything.
0: This <laughs> crazy
2: hack online. we have going on here. Hey, I'm Thank back you. anytime you guys want me. Just say the word, I and I'm here for you, all right? John, we're
0: we're going to get you on Graven. The thing is, we don't have any talking characters in the game yet. Do you need animal kinda, sounds? I, I can go all Frank Welker on you. Oh, we should have one talking character just out completely out of place in the game. Like, all the other characters you talk to is just text, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, oh, shit, he's like, talking?
2: And could it be in this voice, and he's looking for his froggy? <laughs>
1: That would be fantastic. Or like was it John McDonald or whatever playing Pigeon in Mike Tyson's mystery? It's just that just drives. <laughs> yeah. who, who was, we, was we've was, been watching in, a lot of Mike um, Tyson Mysteries recently, me and my girlfriend. Do, so like it, yes. it's oh fuck, that's too good. Yeah, do, do you guys remember
0: um George way. Clooney, who was uh he was a he was one of the first guys that um, Trey Parker Matt Stone sent the South Park tapes to before it became, you know, on Comedy Central and so on. They sent Someone sent a tape to George Clooney of something these guys have made, which was South Park. Oh, The Spirit of and Christmas, the very first The one, Spirit right? of Christmas, yeah. And then uh, George Clooney was a big fan of these two kids. And then, you know, he helped them get on, on on the channel and everything. And then they made South Park. And then the story goes that they, you know, he, it was George Clooney, holy cow. And then he asked them, hey, would, would you like, like to maybe be a voice on the show? And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll do that for you guys. And then, then uh, apparently something about it, they didn't tell him what, what it was, and then he came into the studio, and then he had to be the voice of a dog to say like, roof, 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 throughout the yes, whole And the credits him all. as George,
3: the dog was George Clooney. Yeah, That was the that best.
0: Was, it was like, fuck you, George. You going to play oh. the dog. We're the main characters. <laughs> hey, he was thinking
2: it was going to be the fantastic Mr. Fox kind of role, huh? Yeah, It'll exactly. Out to be... Well, oh, here's boy. something John's
3: never done. Have him play the, the enemy grunts
0: <laughs> yeah, just okay.
3: like death, death animations.
0: <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. Just enemy grunts or, okay. or just some, you know, like like the frog or the pigeon or something like that by John St. John. <laughs> <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that, John. Uh, we, we, I, we, want, we want a, yeah. we want a lead, strong leading character that you can play. We actually have a game in development right now that is uh, unannounced. We want to announce it at this convention Is this or unannounced this thing. So we...
3: FBS number
0: two, number three, number three! Oh, oh <laughs> surprise! <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch, John. We'll we'll um, we need your your uh, your next um, you know not your magnum opus because you already did that. Your magnum opus two, your extra XXL magnum opus. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All
3: right. Well. Before I kill the recording, you have to do this with me. Oh, you're right. Make eye contact. Ready? We're not worthy.
1: We're not worthy.
3: Thank
0: you so much. (laughs) Do we clap again?
2: I hate when you grovel. Stop groveling!